Welcome, welcome to the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Kelly. From the seed to the glass, wine has a past. Our aim at the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast is to look for adventure at wineries around the globe. After all, grape minds think alike. Let's start the adventure. Our featured winery is... We're speaking with a man responsible for bringing vineyards to the country of Bhutan. The kingdom of Bhutan, how big a country is it? It's it's actually not that big a country. It's about the size of Switzerland. So it's probably, I don't know, 300 miles north to south and 500 miles east to west. Anywhere that you are, you can sort of look in every direction and see mountains. But like Everest is behind those. And so you can't necessarily see Everest from, from most places. There's this one cool pass called the Gochula Pass. It's about 14,000 feet. It's between the capital city of Timpu, where we have a couple of vineyards, and it's and the Punaka Valley, where we have a couple of vineyards. And so I drive over that pass quite a bit. And when you're at the top, there's this outlook that you can see like 17 different Himalayan peaks that are all in the low 20s. And it's really freaking cool. Um, and when you're flying into to, uh, to Paro, um, you can see Everest when you fly in, which is kind of neat too. So tell me about some of the advantages of the country. I mean, the obvious one is just the, the water that is coming off of the glaciers and the, the snow runoff of the Himalayas. I imagine there's others as well. So the soil is super, super vibrant. And so, you know, if you sort of believe in, in some of this, you know, biodynamic philosophy where you, you sort of get this balance with the local ecosystems and the biomes and the soil and the local wildlife, that's certainly part of it. They, um, they're on track to be the first 100% organic country. So they're really sort of against interventionist agriculture. It's more about trying to find how things will work in those climates. The water is entirely microplastic free because it's just pure runoff from the Himalayan glaciers. So you have these, this really good water. And uh, the climate, there's a lot of different microclimates there that sort of stretch from jungle at the bottom of the country, at the south side, all the way up to Glacier. So you have all these different climate zones within the country that they are, they figured out over the years, like, oh, hey, you know, mandarin oranges grow really, really well down here, where red rice grows really, really well at, you know, 7,500 feet. And I, my hope is that that's what we're going to find with, with our grapes, is that, you know, Merlot grows really, really well at 3,000 feet, and Riesling grows really, really well at 7,500 feet. So my guess is that that's where it will evolve to over time as it's done with some of their other crops. But that's, you know, that's a 50-year plan, not a, not a five-year plan, unfortunately. With a business plan like that, you've obviously done your homework and it sounds very encouraging down the line. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the potential markets? One of the leading rosés in India right now is Matus. I don't know if you're familiar with Matus. It's that Portuguese rosé, which sells for about five bucks a bottle here in the U.S. And in India, it sells for $29 a bottle. There's a pretty significant margin opportunity if you can capture that market share without, you know, paying those 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 import taxes and tariffs. So there's it's one thing to to go after a um, a, a unique area like Bhutan and say, hey, I want to grow a Bhutanese Cabernet here, and I want to try to capture the essence of Bhutan, and we're going to export this to London, and we're going to sell for 250 bucks a bottle. That is very very cool and interesting to the kind of the wine geeks of the world. But there's another piece to our business model that is super interesting, which is India has a billion plus people and a burgeoning middle class, and they are becoming much more interested in wine. And every other country that's exporting wine to India is paying a pretty big tax and a pretty big tariff in order to sell there. 
Bhutan has a free trade agreement with India, kind of like what we do with Canada, NAFTA. And so I can sell wine to India and avoid those those extra costs. So our, our model actually is going to be a really bifurcated model where we're going to make this, you know, high-end terroir specific wines that we send to New York and London. But I'm also planning on making a more approachable mid-market type of wine that we're going to sell in quantity down to India. You know, we have the opportunity to, to alter, you know, the, the way that wine is consumed in India, as well as the way Bhutan farms. And it's, it's a pretty broad uh, social experiment in addition to just being a cool wine thing. Thank you for listening. I'm Forrest Kelly. This episode of the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast was produced by iHism. If you like the show, please tell your friends and pets and subscribe. Until next time, pour the wine and ponder your next adventure. Hi, before you go, we have exciting news. The best five-minute wine podcast has teamed with a breakthrough technology and added a new feature on our website that's bound to elevate your podcast experience. Here is where we need your help. Trying to remember something from an episode? Don't worry. Search for it and we will find it for you. Have you ever thought you could just ask questions and chat about the episodes as if you were talking to me? Well, now you can. That's right. Our episodes are now interactive and they're waiting to have a conversation with you. Jump into a chat with our podcast and let's get the conversation started. Try it out and tell us what you think. Click on the banner at the top of the website, thebestwinepodcast.com to try it. 